welcome to Karate Kid Master Dojo. This is Master Craig. Hello, everybody. How you doing today? In case you're joining us for the first time, I am Senior Master Craig Greca. I'm a six-degree black belt in the Universal Martial Art, a fifth-degree master in the Taekwondo Martial Art. I am a brown sash in Kung Fu, and I've been training for over two years in Kabuto Weapons. And I'm here today to discuss the teachings and trainings inside the Karate Kid Universe including the Cobra Kai Netflix show. And in speaking about the Cobra Kai show, our today's example comes to you from that, when Sensei Johnny Lawrence and Sensei Kreese take the Cobra Kai students into the woods to Coyote Creek, where they divide into teams and play some martial arts fighting game of capture the flag. Uh, the red team versus the black team. They would fight each other, and then they would take their headband if they beat them. Now, um, we'll get into this a little bit more later, but our topic is Coyote Creek. Coyote Creek, okay? Now, a little history on this, uh, personal history. Uh, we loved going into the woods a lot when we were kids. Um, we actually had a martial arts woods with many obstacles including a fighting wooden platform that was suspended about four feet in the air where you could spar and try to throw your opponent from the runway, okay? Just like in the movie Bloodsport. So that's where we got our little reference from there. Um, when we were kids, it was a lot of fun. We even filmed a movie there in college on that platform. And it kind of reminded me of that topic today, so I thought I would uh, mention it. Um, if you want a personal note, I don't know where that movie ever went. Um, in uh, college, I filmed it on 16-millimeter film, and I edited it uh, the old-fashioned way by uh, using a razor blade and cutting the film and uh, gluing it together, which is how they used to make movies. Okay? So a little... Uh, ancient history on that, and it also tells you a little bit about how old I am. So, But it was fun. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing it, and um, I would love to redo something like that uh, here uh, in Michigan. Anyways, um, the every week we have a work task, and the work task can vary. Uh, this week we're talking about the Cowdy Creek topic, and I thought it would be a great time to do some outdoor training, okay? So the first thing you need to do is you need to find a set of woods somewhere, okay? Find a woods. Um, you gotta search for different features, what you're looking for, okay? Uh, you wanna find some cool features there uh, in the woods that you choose. Um, there's a couple different ways you can do this, uh, preferably one that you own, okay? So uh, if you own it and um, you could add um, additions to it um, on the course. You know, so you can use that land and you can develop it a little bit for your martial arts skills. Um, or a public park. Uh, a public park would work like a state park would be great because um, it would have some more wilderness areas um, that you could do your stuff and you won't be disturbed. Um, we used to film video projects um, in Florida and we used to use public parks but uh, we didn't use the state parks, so very often we were uh, disturbed when we were trying to, um, to do our uh, editing in our, our movies. 
Um, if you don't own the land, um, you could bring your stuff with you, okay? Um, like in Cobra Kai, uh, Daniel LaRusso uh, had a big bag full of stuff um, that he would, um, that he brought with him to train Robbie in the woods. So after you find your woods that you want to hold a special training in, you need to plan activities and drills that you do when you go out there, okay? Um, you get a chance to activate your martial arts skills in different ways. Um, you know, you have to find different, different um, uh, things there that are part of, um, part of nature um, that exist. Um, a lot of times you can look for different features like a fallen tree, or you can look for a waterfall, or you can look for a very peaceful lake, okay? so that you could uh, uh, take some time to meditate and get away from the hustle and bustle of living near cities um, and uh, get yourself a sense of peace from nature. Okay, so that's part of the uh, training is to get out in nature and to not hear nothing. No cars, no, um, no uh, horns, no um, um, you know, really loud motorcycles or anything like that, you get a chance to just be at peace in nature. Now, after you've done your training, and we will talk during the martial art practice of our podcast, we'll talk about the things that you can do, but you need to also um, have some sort of social uh, visit or dinner upon your return. So after you've done this state park thing, on your return back, you need to refuel and bond with your student, okay? Um, the best example I can give that of you is that, you know, a lot of times when uh, my master instructor would take me out to go do something, you know, we'd go and have dinner on the way back, okay? Um, also, too, uh, the very first time that I went rock climbing on some real rocks as, as opposed to the rock climbing gym with my uh, friend Kevin, uh, we rock climbed all day, and then when we got done, we had a steak dinner um, at like a steakhouse at the way on the way home. So, so we got a chance to get some protein and to refuel a little bit on our way back. So that's what I recommend you do. I think that's a a good bonding experience that so you can develop a good rapport with your students. Now, um, after you've uh, done your work and uh, prep work as far as uh, finding. Uh, different places to go. Um, then you um, you need to do the martial art physical training. Okay. Now, unless your master instructor or your instructor doesn't uh, do this for you, there's a couple things you kids can do at home. Okay. Uh, number one, you could uh, find that fallen log or fallen tree. Uh, find a fallen tree, the tree that's that's fallen, or a log that you have at home, and uh, you practice your kicks and you try to find balance with your kicks, okay? Um, sometimes, like, for example, um, one of the parks that we used to go to uh, in uh, Florida had these logs there that were used for parking, um, and then my, uh, my kids would get on them and use it as a balance beam, okay? So something like that, it's a pretty big log, you know, uh, used, for used for cars, but you can, uh, you know, get on it, walk on it, and then practice your kicks uh, that way. Also, too, um, 
you can find some docks near the water that are maybe big enough to practice your kata or patterns. Okay? So you can practice your pat, your kata or your patterns or forms, whatever you call them, uh, near the water. You can also, in uh, our martial art, you can also practice your speed drills as well. So that's a great way to practice and have fun. Um, what else can you do? You could also um, stage a capture the flag game um, with you and a, a few students. Okay, so if you get some students together, um, you can play a game of capture the flag with martial art tagging. Okay, just like they did in Cobra Kai with martial art tagging. So they can use, see how good your control is, and you can use um, a hand technique or a um, kicking technique to tag someone. Okay, but you have to have really good control because you have to be careful that the tagging is not taken, taken too far, okay? So if you go up and just hit someone, kind of like they did in Cobra Kai, um, it creates negative uh, results in your training, okay? And you don't want those negative results. People don't want to get hit, but if you play it in a fun way, uh, you can tag someone without hurting them, okay? And it's a kind of a fun martial arts game to play rather than always doing something that's non-martial art. I have an example of this um, here. Uh, a lot of instructors think that you have to hit someone in order to know that you're good at your martial arts training. And uh, my example is, is that you don't have to shoot a person with, with a bow and arrow to know that you have good archery skills. Okay, um, you can just perfect your aim and perfect your um, shot um, in order for you to um, to achieve in archery. However, there is another example I here have here um, in basketball when you play basketball. Um, you need to be able to shoot, so you need to practice your shooting to make sure that you have good accuracy. But you also have to be able to hit a moving target when you're playing basketball as well. Uh, so it means when the pressure of the game is on, can you still focus and make the shot? So you need to practice both. You need to practice both in different ways. Okay? Um, so you need to practice your accuracy and you need to practice your ability to move while doing that accuracy. Which brings me up to the mental training of our podcast today. The first thing is, is that fighting is not a game. Okay? A lot of instructors do this. They think that uh, when you spar in class, it's kind of like a game where you try and tag people in different ways. Um, just like in the negative example of Coyote Creek, where Sensei Kreese was telling the Cobra Kai students to take it further, and Johnny Lawrence, Sensei Johnny Lawrence, was telling him that he didn't agree with them kind of beating the crap out of the guy, overdoing it. Okay, just tag and get the, uh, figure out a way to get the headband, not hurt the person really bad. Because there's no honor in that. Okay? 
So fighting is not a game, okay? You do, you need to have the ability to take it to the next level, okay? Um, I was thinking about this um, on my way home today because I have very good precision with my techniques and um, how far or how much is too much when you're doing sparring, okay? For example, I have a really powerful roundhouse kick, swing kick, and I have very good accuracy with it. So if I wanted to, I could hit the floating ribs of someone. Now, if I hit them with enough force, I can crack those floating ribs, okay? And that would cause a great deal of pain to the person, and they would not be able to bend for a while, for a long time, maybe even for three to six months. So that's not something that you want to do in those sparring games. Um, you need to be able to move, just like we talked about in basketball. You do need to be able to hit your mark, but you don't need to hit someone half power or one-third power or one-fourth power all the time. It's not good to train your body to do that. Um, you need to train your body to hit with full power every single time you hit. Okay, uh, let me give you a quick example of that. Okay, been a martial arts instructor for a long time, over 35 years. Okay, and here's what I've discovered. Okay, you teach a person a belt level kick, you ask them to do a knee level version or a head level version, they cannot. They cannot do it. All they can do is that belt level kick. There are people, a lot of people, they can only do it one way, okay? Very, and this is something that Master Gene Duncan used to say uh, to us all the time, only 10% of the people that do martial arts can actually change their trajectory of their technique from hard to soft, from um, higher to lower. And um, it's not a bad thing, it's just that um, not everybody's motor cortex is that well developed, okay? Now, you can get there, but that's like saying that every single gymnast goes to the Olympics. It doesn't happen, okay? I know it's not a, something everybody wants to hear, but martial arts is all about making yourself better than what you are or better than what you were, okay? So if you started from, you know, a certain point, then you get better during the course of that training. So back to the example here, if, if I tell a student to do a knee level kick and they can't do it, they just keep on doing belt level, okay, are they going to be able to adjust their power level from 1 to 10? Are they? No, they're not. So what's going to happen is, is that they're going to train to spar with one-fourth power all the time. So what happens is, is when they go to fight for a real fight, they're going to use one-fourth power. Okay, they're not going to use full power. Okay, so you have to train your body to do full power all the time. Okay, so that's why it's not a good idea to do that. Okay, now um, when, you, when you do learn how to fight, you want to learn strategy, not tricks. Okay, I've, um, used, I've talked about some tricks um, before in my podcast, like stepping on someone's foot when they're trying to retreat. That is a trick. That's not a strategy. Okay, it's a dirty trick. 
okay? Um, so you want to learn strategy, how to learn different strategy and how to get out. You can use your um, imagination and um, your visualization to use these strategies, okay? You don't have to, to hit someone to know that it works. Now, um, another thing too is that you should be spending your time on developing accuracy with your techniques. Accuracy with your techniques. So when we do, um, you practice them in the air, you should be really focused on seeing your target visually in the air, okay? Because you can't always have something in front of you. It's nice to have something in front of you, like a heavy bag, air shield, or focus mitt, okay? But you're not always going to be able to have something there. Um, also too, the first two examples I gave were the heavy bag and the air shield are big targets, okay? So it's like hitting the broad side of a barn, okay? Um, I think I've told you, talked about this before in my podcast, but we used to shoot a BB gun when we were kids, and we used to shoot the neighbor's barn because we knew we could hit it from really far away. But we, if you weren't good at shooting, you couldn't hit the metal... There was a metal pie tin we put out in the back of the garden, like a scarecrow, and we would shoot it from the deck, my dad and my brother and I. Um, and if we could hit it, we had pretty good accuracy. But sometimes when we weren't that good, we'd go and shoot the barn because we knew we could hear a ding, and we knew that we, could, we hit something. But that's not what you want to do in martial arts. You want to make sure that, I mean, hitting an air shield is hitting an air shield. I mean, that's, that's very elementary. You want to be able to hit the letter. Like, for example, if you're using a sentry uh, air shield, you want to be able to hit the T, the T in sentry. That's in the middle of the bag. Can you hit the T? Okay. Um, maybe use the focus mitts. Focus mitts are a lot better tool to determining how much power you have. Um, it's not as great with thrusting kicks because the thrusting kicks are hard to push. Um, and those thrusting techniques tend to have more push than they do snap. Um, but the... Um, the angular kicks definitely are better on the focus mitt. So you got to see, can you hit the focus mitt? A lot of people couldn't hit the focus mitt. And when you do hit the focus mitt, can you hit the center of the center of the focus mitt? Okay. For example, um, my friend Paul, um, him and I have trained together, and um, he had the focus mitts on, and I was punching. And um, he told me he needed to take a break because I kept on hitting him right in the center of the center of the focus mitt where it was the, the firmest, and it was jacking his wrist because the palm, the, the power from the palm, hitting the palm every single time was jacking his wrist hard every single time I punched it. And that's because I just hit the exact center every single time. 20, 30, 40 techniques, I would still hit the exact center every single time. And I'm not uh, saying that to gloat, I'm saying that because that's something you should work towards achieving, okay? Spend your time getting accurate and powerful with every single technique rather than doing soft, loose techniques that hit the broad side of a barn, hurt others, and don't really help you to be able to defend yourself. So, with that said, can you take it to the next level in your training? Can you take it to the next level? Not just learn a punch but actually get accurate and powerful with that punch or kick. So can you take it to the next level in your training? Okay, just knowing a front kick doesn't mean that you're necessarily good at it. You need to work on getting it 
to have the most amount of power that it can. So that when you're moving around, like the game of basketball, and you use a front kick, it is powerful. And you're like, darn, that's a lot of power, you know? And the, your person that's holding your shield can feel it. So, anyways, um, remember that um, in order to fully learn Miyagi-Do Karate, you have to unlearn your misconceptions about what constitutes training. Okay, so that's very important. That's why we're here. We, um, it's not just conventional martial art knowledge. It's about the stuff that you can do at home and to make sense of the martial art world. Now, um, our technique of the week, our technique of the week is the tree balance. I, I think that's kind of a fun thing to do. So I, I encourage you to find a piece of wood, log, fallen tree, something like that. Find it in nature, it's even better. And work on your balance and work on doing kicks on that balance beam. Okay, so it can be a little bit wider. It's not like it's like a big, a big wide, so you walk across, it's like real easy as a balance beam. And that may be true, but can you do kicks when you're on the balance beam? Okay, and hold it and have good positioning, good poise, and be able to do your kick. Okay, um, the secret phrase of the week is fighting is not a game. Fighting is not a game. I know we talked about that a lot today, uh, but that is very important um, to take your martial art training to the next level, okay? Not create negative results in your fellow students, okay? But be able to have fun in your martial art training without the fear of getting hurt every single time you come to class, okay? So that's it. So remember... We're here every week learning martial arts through everyday work, thus creating life around you, increased productivity, and a better world. I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your week. This is Karate Kid Master Dojo. This is Master Craig. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye.